The following episode is concerned with the unadvertised facts and blasphemous ideas, as I'm sure some might consider them, uh, about the COVID-19 crisis. It's an exploration of the more controversial perspectives on our dull, sordid lives in the time of the coronavirus. There will also be some amount of heretical talk on how to make the most of this opportunity instead of just blindly following the rules imposed upon us by the great and all-knowing leaders of the world. And sprinkled all throughout, one might come across some humble pinches of wisdom to spice things up a bit. So if you're tired of being cooped up in your home while the sun is shining merrily outside, this might just be of some interest to you. legends of the future normally these episodes are spent on delving into the past in order to gain a greater understanding um, of where we come from and what we truly are to gain greater knowledge um, and to see what has shaped our present and what the future might be like But due to the current predicament that the world is finding itself in, this episode will be a little bit different and it will be focused mostly um, on the current crisis the world is experiencing. And especially because um, this predicament might actually determine um, what legends and stories we may, we will be allowed to tell in the future really so um that's the main reason why this episode is getting made it's uh, going to be called episode 2.1 since it's not uh, part of my normal program um and it mostly comes out of the need the great urge to do something about all this uh, since i've been waiting around for things to kind of um solve themselves or for someone uh, someone else to take action take the right kind of action proper action and i've been uh, totally disappointed up to this point um and i'm basically just tired of letting other people do um or fighting for us uh, tired of letting uh, truth seekers um battle it out on their own when um, all of us should be doing something about it, especially um, given that this is a time of great opportunity as well as a time of great danger. Danger is opportunity. Crisis is opportunity. So we should take advantage of this opportunity and uh, do something about it uh, because otherwise uh, others will and they are already taking advantage of it and we will be the ones to uh, wake up in a brand new world which is unlike anything we had ever uh, thought we would experience same as we were totally unprepared for this uh, coronavirus um, crisis uh, since we most of us believed we were untouchable and there was no way that such uh, um, such things could happen anymore perhaps in more primitive days when we were not so uh, um, evolved scientifically and technologically that this could have been possible but these days 
there's most people are, were absolutely shocked that this would uh, would be able to happen and um, that's how uh, they were enmeshed in all this that's how we were trapped in it but yes um feeling absolutely tired of letting other people um the few people who try to tell the truth and to explain what's really happening do all our fighting for us um so i've decided uh, that this episode is a good uh, is a good way of joining that fight therefore no more dallying around let's just uh, jump right into it the first thing that i want to ask everybody is to try to consider everything that has been going on for the last two months at least perhaps three and re re-visualize sort of in their minds re-visualize in the minds um, um the entire journey that uh, we've gone through um, in the last two three months and look back at what has happened and how it has happened and then look back at the choices that were made and at the measures that were taken and then ask yourselves one simple question is this really the best that we can do or is this really what we should be doing Perhaps it is not the best, but is it really what we should be doing in such a situation? And the two questions should be synonymous, of course, because um, obviously in such a crisis we should do our best. But what is our best? Keeping people locked in their houses for weeks at a time? Um, keeping people in a state of constant fear and anxiety? Um, which by the way, has been proven to lower people's immune systems and to make the body um, attack itself basically and cells degrade um not allowing uh, people to uh, to go to work and to carry on with their normal lives not allowing them the, their uh, fundamental freedoms making sure that uh, um, we are all as limited in our movement as possible is this the best that we can do are these the choices, are these the measures that should be taken in such a situation? So to answer those questions, um, we're going to have to dive uh, quite deeply into a lot of different subjects. So I'm I'm guessing this is going to be a, very, a pretty long episode. So strap in and get ready. The first thing that um, perhaps we should uh, look at is... Um, how to best deal with a problem when one arises and uh, general the the general um, answer to this would be to obviously to find the solution and once we have the solution to apply it um, uh, after careful thought and consideration um, in the most efficient way possible but when we think about solutions, we all, there's often there are often things that are overlooked, such as the fact that, um, generally speaking, in over ninety percent of the situations, a solution includes other problems within its very fabric. Once you have a, a problem such as um, 
the need to um, industrialize the world, then you you find a way to do that, and then uh, the fact that uh, um, that gets done comes with its own set of problems. Yes, the world is much. Uh, the world production is much improved, uh, but at the same time, what are the costs? So, in generally speaking, almost any problem comes with only almost any solution comes with its own set of problems, and then obviously we will have to go ahead and find solutions to those problems, and then find solutions to those to the problems that arrive from the second set of solutions and so on and so forth so that turns into a vicious circle that uh, can go on forever and usually does therefore perhaps we need to try to think outside the these this conventional way of doing things and try to go back to the very root of it and when what do you do when you have a problem well the easiest way to deal with a problem is to eliminate it. For, for once there is no more problem, there is no need for a solution. And when there are no solutions, there are no new problems that arise. So how do we eliminate the problem? Well, we go back to the, we go to the root of it, to the uh, absolute core of it. And the core of the problem is the cause. And once you figure out what the cause is and how this is all um, happening, then you can obviously uh, find the best way to eliminate the problem. Well, so let's apply this um, on our current predicament, uh, the coronavirus issue in the world. The problem is that there is a virus that is highly contagious um, that is affecting a lot of people. Well, that is, and um, that could, um, if left unchecked, um, infect uh, everyone in the world. And um, a lot of uh, older, or uh, a lot of older people in general, or perhaps those with weaker immune systems, um, will uh, be highly affected by it, and uh, might a lot of them might actually end up dying. That is, in a nutshell, um, in a not-so-scientific uh, way, uh, the current predicament that the world is facing it these days. So, let's go back, let's go straight to the root of it, shall we? Now, why is this affecting people? Well, first of all, we can um, look at who it's affecting, uh, who, uh, what, uh, group of people are mostly affected by this and obviously as we all know the um, older group of people especially over the age of 60 65 are are affected more severely by this because their immune systems are weaker and they are not uh, uh, basically their bodies are incapable of dealing with it and also because they're they are they are already suffering from many other or some other un, um, underlying diseases and uh, those have severely weakened their immune systems and therefore they are still unable to deal with it um if we look at the younger um, uh, groups of people uh, most of them usually recover and do not suffer very serious um, uh, complications um, simply because their immune systems are much much stronger 
and they can uh, more easily deal with it. And within a matter of days or weeks at the most, um, they, they're basically cured. So it's quite obvious that uh, this is an issue related to the immune system. It's not an issue related to the virus itself. It's an issue with the, our immune system. But um, this is the thing that I want to talk about the most. So far, all the measures and all the restrictions that have been given are not meant to help us, to help boost our immune systems, but quite the opposite. They are, they are uh, weakening our immune systems as much as possible because we have no exposure to sunlight we have uh, no real way to exercise um, and we are not being active and those are the two best ways of improving your immunity absolutely i mean it's it's the most fundamental and most basic thing even an imbecile would know that if you don't stay out in the sun and you don't uh, exercise, you, you will probably uh, become, well, your body will become weak. Everybody feels, everybody knows that. And yet, these are the measures that have been taken. People have been locked in their houses for weeks or months sometimes um, in, some in some places. This is absolutely mind-boggling. But wait, we have more to research before we start blaming and uh, um, pointing fingers at uh, the lost idiots of the world who are um, ruling over us, who are telling us what to do, and we are so blindly accepting their uh, wonderful and uh, most uh, wise advice. So what is really happening inside our bodies when... Um, we are infected with this coronavirus. Well, we are told, um, and I've done my own research on the matter, of course, um, that uh, basically um, it's it's um, it's something to do with that uh, um, with the cytokine uh, storm. Um, cytokine storm being a sort of um, response from our immune system when the body is not. Uh, does not have the capacity to deal with the um, invaders, with the viruses or the problems that are going on within the body, there is this cytokine storm that basically attacks everything and everyone who um, inside your body and uh, um, in a desperate effort to kill the disease. And that is really what is hurting us. That is really why those, um, why our lungs are so affected or um, um, our... Uh, why people end up dying at the end of the day. That is the main reason for it due to this cytokine storm. So once again, this um, has to do with the fact that the body feels that it's, it's on its last legs and it cannot in under any circumstance defeat the virus and therefore it resorts to this to these extreme measures it's a sort of self-destruct button more or less which does not really self-destruct uh, all the time it does not cause a sort of self-destruction all the time but it does a lot of the times um, therefore if we were to try to eliminate this to try to eliminate the possibility of this happening, we would have to do one very simple thing. 
make sure that our bodies and our immune systems are much stronger than they are that they are operating at optimum performance um, at all times. Of course, that is more difficult for all the people, but uh, that is not to say that uh, it's impossible. And how can we get uh, our, um, op our um, immune systems to, be, to operate uh, optimally? Well, as I mentioned before, perhaps we should spend more time out in the sun the sun is we are all like this we are all the same as superman in the comics he gets his power from the sun and so do we without exposure to the sun we basically fade away same as every other life form on this planet well most others others have uh, adapted to uh, some sort of life forms have adapted uh, to thrive on other kinds of light or no light at all but we are not those kinds of life forms. So basically, same as Superman in the comics, we need exposure to the sun. And the more exposure we have, the stronger our bodies get. To some degree, of course, we can get too much exposure to the sun and can be that can be bad for us if, um, if uh, the sun is too strong in certain... And we basically become overloaded and so on and so forth. But... We need exposure to the sun, that's for sure. Second thing we need is to live an active life. Um, in Africa, if you if you look um um if you check the um, well known website uh, the World Info website, um, which is where you can find all the information um, about uh, about the coronavirus worldmeters.info, um, and then you check the coronavirus. Um, I have been checking it for weeks, literally, and in all the. Um, poor third world countries the, as, as we perceive them in um, in africa those underdeveloped places where people live in the sun and they have they they dig for roots in the earth and they have an active lifestyle they live an active lifestyle um, all the goddamn time there were cases that appeared months ago there over a month um over a month or a month and a half there and somehow up to this point, we barely have 10 cases in some of these countries. That's the maximum, really, 10 cases. Why is that? Because those people have much stronger immune systems and they can simply, um, whenever their bodies have to deal with something like this, they just basically swat it off. Because... That's what it is that they do. Their immune systems just say, what, virus? Well, it's gone. No more. They don't even let it bother them. But, of course, they don't spend uh, all their time um, eating diets full of sugar and uh, bad fats and uh, genetically engineered uh, uh, components and all that. And they live active lifestyles and they don't spend their time... Um, is sitting down on chairs always or um, bending in front of the laptop and so on and so forth. Um, now, obviously, 
we need to learn something from that and we need to take into account that some of those things are important because that's how um, nature intended us to be and we are nature's creation in many ways we cannot simply say well we don't want to live like this anymore we still have to take into account the fundamental principles of nature and we need to understand that Besides the fact that it's extremely satisfying and pleasant and it helps our uh, physical, mental and spiritual well-being so much, exposure to the sun plus um, um, an active lifestyle and a good diet based on plants and some meat, of course, um, if that's what we want, but especially good plants which come, which grow in a um, rich fertile soil um, and um, a diet that is not made up of um, mostly with sugars and uh, genetically modified components and um, really really uh, bad sort of fats is these these three things are basically crucial um, for our well-being and the only thing that is happening at the moment is that we are uh, we are allowed to go out uh, for what um maybe a couple of hours per day and we are um, not allowed to go uh, to the park for example like, for example where i am in the country where i am uh, the parks have been closed for about 2 weeks almost almost 2 weeks so um, that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, choice made by the government, the government here. But anyways, um, and uh, on top of that, um, we can uh, buy some food from the supermarkets, but uh, nobody is providing us with any um, extra ways of boosting our immune systems. Not to mention that it's incredibly difficult to live an active lifestyle when you're always at home. <sighs> well, this is the current predicament of the world. So, once again, is this the best that we can do? Or are these the choices and the measures that should be taken in such a situation? Or should we just make sure that one way or another we take care of the people that need taking care of and um, we let the, the rest of the world go back to their normal lives because in the long run we are not doing anybody any favors actually we will just become weaker and weaker and weaker in this manner and we're just gonna lose everything any sort of any bit of vitality or strength or anything like that and we're just gonna become um, some sad little creatures um, cooked up in our homes um, with no freedom no rights um, who are uh, applauding this sort of uh, fascist measures uh, simply because we are afraid we are afraid we are afraid that oh, we're gonna get the virus and what is going to happen the moment when we are infected well if you've lived your life well up to this point more or less um, and you've made uh, good sort of choices right sort of choices then what is going to happen is very very simple we 
you will deal with it. Your body will deal with it. Whatever happened to the ideas of, um, well, if you live your life um, um, the way you ought to, and that does not mean there is one specific way of doing it, but you make the right sort of choices, um, then you have nothing to worry about in general. Whatever happened to that? Does nobody care about anything that um, all the lessons that uh, um, uh, we have learned from uh, our history? All our legacy? Does nobody care about any of those things? What will happen once you get the virus? Well, the, your, your body will fight it and will defeat it. Because that's what should happen. And if you haven't made the right sort of choices, then of course um, there should be um, some some more help provided to you, because um, you need this as a, um, as a person, and nobody you need this, and we will not let people die simply because of this, because there's still um, room for them to uh, redeem themselves, so to speak. There's always room for people to redeem themselves. But um, at the end of the day, you would you would you prefer to live your entire life in fear, not to mention uh, pass all these things on to your children and grandchildren? Because this is what's going to happen. This is where the world is heading, really. And we are sitting here um, in our homes and um, basically paralyzed and not able to do anything and uh, not fighting back. If you had any sort of look at the, uh, at the reaction from the governments of the world, you could plainly see that they are lost little boys who are incapable um, of uh, figuring out uh, what the right course of action is. And they haven't even asked themselves the most basic and most fundamental of questions. What is the root of the problem, and how do we deal with it? Instead, they are lending ear to um, all sorts of advisors um, uh, who have their own interests, of course, and who work for all sorts of companies and um, corporations, and who are pushing their own agendas forward. And this is not a matter of a worldwide conspiracy or anything like that, because that is a term used nowadays uh, to simply humiliate those who have anything to say and to marginalize them. Um, but it's a matter of world control at the end of the day. And this is how the world will be controlled. It is already being controlled. How long have you been in your house? How long have you had your freedoms um, taken away from you? How long have you been living like this and how much longer are you willing to go on living like this? Ask yourself that and see what is to be done. Instead of just cowering in your house, worrying about this, watching the news every second and letting the media manipulate you, using your reptilian brain to react to everything instead of thinking things through. Do something about it, because it's your future and your children's future and your, your grandchildren's future. It's the world at stake. Everything is at stake, and you care about this deeply, whether you recognize it or not. So therefore, think about how long you are, you are willing to take this and what you're willing to accept, and think about it carefully, because what's going to happen next 
in the next few weeks and months is going to decide the entire future of the world. So, once again then I ask, is this really the best that we can do? Are these the measures that um, the governments of the world should take in such situations? Measures that have an show a complete and utter disregard for the future? Um, this seems to be completely nonsensical in so many ways. So let me tell you what I am referring to. We've been under pressure and um, um, living more or less in fear for the better part of three months. Well, in Europe, less than that, but still. Um, it's been on our minds for about three months. And for over a month now, in most places in Europe, or in a lot of places in Europe, there have been restrictions and lockdowns. And, um, but nobody seems to be considering very much, or nobody in charge anyway, um, seems to be considering very much where this is all going. We are faced with um, a challenge that is somewhat new to us, simply from the perspective that we we were caught unprepared, as always. Um, we weren't expecting it. Um, and we haven't had to deal with anything quite like this for, what, over a hundred years? Perhaps more than that. And we were obviously too smug and considered to even consider that such things could happen nowadays. In any case, that's a completely different matter. The, the thing is, is this all that we can do? This is not some fatal virus that kills everyone it meets or 50% of the population that it infects. This is not a strain uh, that is indestructible and that the uh, immune system is uh, totally um, helpless to fight against. This is not even close to that. And yet, and yet, we, the global population, the governments of the world, are accepting out of fear, mostly, to destroy our own economy and um, our entire way of living and not think even for two seconds about the repercussions in the future. How badly will the economy be devastated by this? I know that sounds dreadful. How badly will it be devastated? But that's really it. How much are we going to suffer? And how many more people are going to die due to this in the months and years to come? Is this the best that we can do, really? Does it seem to you as a a citizen of the world who is aware of the situation and who knows what governments can do when they really put their mind to it, um, who has been living in this world and is aware of the um, state of things, does it seem to you that this is the best that we can do? Hide within our homes and hope that this will somehow go away? not go to work, not allow people to go to work, not allow people to go on with their lives, keep them in a state of continual stress and worry, 
keep them afraid. That's the best solution. And even if it is a solution in certain situations, what about what will happen after this lockdown? In any case, um, the question I asked in the previous episode as well was who stands to profit? And it's as valid now as it was then, if not more, probably a lot more. It's not, it just simply doesn't make sense if when you look at the whole picture, it doesn't make sense that this is the best that we can do and these are the best solutions that we've got available to us. To keep people from working, keep them make sure um, so many people live lose their livelihood and their way of supporting themselves so many small businesses are gonna go broken are gonna be bankrupt to make sure that people will become totally dependent on the state and historically speaking the state is never really all that good at taking care of people um, and if it is going to take care of people we know what kind of state that is going to be and it's not it doesn't really really have anything to do with democracy or a free market or any of those things. If you, as a reasonable and rational human being, think that this is the best that we can do, then you can stop listening right now. But if you feel like perhaps we will suffer this a hundred times worse in the months and years to come, if we don't snap out of it and if we don't stop living in fear and if we if we don't stop just reacting but thinking about this thoroughly and properly then there's a, a lot of things that need, need to be discussed in this there's a lot of things that need to be discussed about this it simply cannot be that mm, the brightest minds in the world have not considered this, but we hear nothing about it. And we only hear the uh, news, the overwhelming news related to cases and deaths and lockdowns and restrictions that are becoming worse and worse and worse and will only get worse. And it just simply is completely aberrant that this is the best thing that we can do to deal with this when everybody is fully aware and everybody admits the fact that in the months and years to come the economy um, and the or the economical situation um, will cause a lot of us a lot of the people of the world to lose their livelihoods lose their jobs and a lot more people will suffer and die because of it not only the old ones but also the young ones so who stands to benefit from all this? That is the question, as always, at the end. Well, let's see if we can explore that in, to some degree. I was watching uh, David Icke's second interview with uh, Brian Rose on London Real today. And, um, well, he claims that uh, um, most likely uh, the whole coronavirus is a fake um, and that it's not even it's just hype at the end of the day it's not nearly as um, dangerous as uh, it's 
been made out to be. And he has uh, some um, rather convincing arguments and uh, based on uh, facts and uh, scientific, uh, this, the opinion of uh, scientists who are not necessarily um, very welcomed among uh, mainstream media for a variety of reasons. But for the sake of this discussion, I will not just, I will not go that far. Uh, perhaps um, there is no coronavirus, or perhaps it's not as dangerous as it seems, or as we are, we have been led to believe. Or perhaps it's not such a big deal, really. Perhaps it's just a sort of a kind of a flu, and the people who are dying because they're old would mostly uh, would mostly or probably die anyway um, if they were infected with the flu in such a case or a bad case of the flu. But we will not go there. Obviously, this is not a discussion that um, we need to have in relation to conspiracy theories at this particular point. Although it would be a very interesting discussion, no matter what. But how many people that are dying are being chalked up to coronavirus when in actuality they might not have died from that? especially since uh, their uh, results come in days after they died and they're considered to have died due to coronavirus uh, simply because of the whole uh, pandemic and the crisis going on and nobody has any resources or time or desire to check why they actually died. Not to mention um, how many people have been diagnosed based on symptoms, which might just be the flu. And not to mention the fact that the tests are not as reliable as we have been led to believe, not even close. How many people are being diagnosed with coronavirus when they might not have it? There's, there's a huge chance that somewhere in the vicinity of 50% are being diagnosed incorrectly due to all of this. Again, I'm not saying there is no such thing. There's probably a virus going around out there that's uh, infecting a lot of people and wrecking everyone's lives. Although this is an opportunity, of course, for everybody. But we also need to understand that the, so far, today is the 7th of April, 2020. A million, less than a million and a half people have, have been um, confirmed as infected. And how many people have died? Um, well, let me see, somewhere in the vicinity of 70,000, I, I remember. I'm going to actually give it a quick check right now. In any case, um, not that many, really. Um, perhaps I'm wrong about this. Deaths. Yes, 77,000. About 78,000, let's put it like that. Well, the flu also kills uh, about 80,000 people a year. But obviously this, this disease can continue to kill for months and months and months, perhaps even years. So therefore, the number will continue to increase and so on and so forth. But what exactly is going to happen when in the months to come, 
there will not be any way for people to feed themselves and to provide for themselves and for their families. What will happen then? And how many people are going to suffer? And how many people are going to die due to all this? And how many old people will lose their pensions and their livelihood? We are made to, we are told we are, that uh, these restrictions are mostly in place to help the old people because the system cares so much about us and especially about old people. Those same old people who are being uh, left to die by alone with nobody even holding their hand when they're frightened shedless, shedding themselves all over the place simply because they've decided that they can't uh, save them. All those people who usually do not get any sort of help or aid from governments or anything like that. What will happen when this goes down eventually when we have nothing to live on and no way to support ourselves and our families what will we do steal kill destroy we will only be destroying ourselves take from the rich i think that's exactly what they're waiting for really that would be the best excuse to implement the harshest rules possible. Not to mention that they have all the resources already and they control everything already. So uh, making use of the military or whatever they need to put us in our place, it would not be all that difficult for them. But let's imagine we're not going to do that. But we will be at the mercy of the government. And all these measures that everyone is is um, so pleased about right now and everyone is uh, so quick to follow without asking themselves why due to being worried, afraid, panicked or any such things. All these measures will only get worse and worse and worse. And then where will we be? In a totalitarian state in which you get whatever is bestowed onto you by the government according to how you behave and how bright in their eyes your work and your demeanor is, your behavior is. That's not a place any of us want to go to, not at all. We need to stop and look at this from a rational perspective and think about what will happen in the future. Think about how far this will go in the future and what the repercussions are going to be in the years to come. Because if we don't do that, we will suffer a lot more 
And if we don't realize that this is, does not make sense and there's something going on there and that um, we don't want to allow governments to control us and to tell us what to do and what to think and what to say and how much money we can make. Because we know very well uh, who runs governments, politicians, and we know very well how corrupt they are and we know very well how, how lost they are. You only need to look out there right now and see how useless they are. We need to take all these things into account and find ourselves and think and regain our clarity of mind. And after that, see well, what can be done. Perhaps people need to make sure that the economy keeps going as much as possible. Perhaps people need to uh, get back to their lives as much as possible. Of course, with some restrictions, um, with caution, that might be the key word. But under no means should we allow this to become an opportunity for those who already have almost everything to control our very existence, to control what we think, what we say, how much money we make, what our uh, job is going to be, and um, where we go. That's not something we want to allow to happen. But as much as this is an opportunity for them, it's an opportunity for us as well. With danger comes great opportunity. And this is great danger that is awaiting us for if we do not stop reacting and start planning and thinking about the future, then a lot more people are going to suffer. And when your children and your grandchildren come asking you what you were doing when the totalitarian state was taking over, you will be saying, what? I was sitting on my ass in the house? Or I was working for a newspaper promoting the dreadful restrictions and endorsing them. What I would say, I was enforcing the restrictions. That's not something you would really want to happen, for sure. That's not something you want to see happening in your life. But this is an opportunity for us. This is an opportunity to um, look at the world as it truly is and see, understand what truly matters in times like these and reconnect with the things that truly matter because we are totally lost in this society of chasing our own tail around the block and understanding that no matter how much we, we work and no matter how much we earn, we never have enough because that's how the system is built. And that success 
cannot be measured in material gains. Nor happiness, for that matter. Especially not happiness. But we have the opportunity to do research, to find ourselves, if we wish, to look within ourselves, to see what truly matters, to raise our consciousness and our level of under our level of understanding, and to look beyond all those things that um, were entrapping us before, because we simply felt like we had to do them moment after moment after moment of every day simply because we're not forced to do them now and to gaze ahead and try to predict what's going to happen given our present course and once we start to do that might see that some rather dark and less than pleasant perspectives start to unfold. I know a lot of people are counting on a vaccine as a solution to all this problem. And if, I just, if I'm just going to go to the very root of it, this is a problem, isn't it? And what is the best way to deal with the problem? Obviously, we're going to say, well, there's always a solution to any problem. But the best way to deal with the problem is not to find a solution, because a solution can cause more problems of its own. And then... Those problems will need more solutions, which in turn will create more problems and so on and so forth. And it's a vicious circle that may never end. And it normally, within nature, it does not end. Therefore, it, why should it end for us? We are part of nature, aren't we? But the, the best way to deal with the problem is to remove the problem altogether. So to go right to the cause and remove it altogether. Of course, some people might say that you can remove yourself from the problem, but that does not remove the problem. And eventually the problem will find you as it spreads uncontrollably and unchecked to every corner of every place that you could ever hide under. So let us remove the problem then. And what is the way to remove the problem? It is for us not to be affected by it anymore. To become, to be strong enough that, so that we are not, this does not affect us anymore. That is the ultimate solution, as you'd put it, because it's a non-solution. Vaccines, yes, vaccines, they are a solution, indeed. So, let us consider this solution. 
in detail. You, they develop a vaccine that safe, safeguards you from the coronavirus, whether it is imagined or not, whether it is um, as powerful as they say or not. Right. So what will happen within your body? Except for the fact that the coronavirus cannot affect you anymore. Will your immune system get better? Will, you, will it be stronger? Or will it weaken? When a new disease or another disease comes, are you going to be able to react to it? Or are you going to have to go through this again? Will we be able to create a vaccine for every possible scenario that it might exist? Or should we just rely on what nature um, has been working with for millions and millions of years, which is a strong immune system that can deal with anything? Does, not, does that not sound like a better plan? than just having one solution for one particular thing and one solution at a time, especially after all the havoc this has caused, that doesn't sound like one great idea now, does it? And as we said, solutions usually cause more problems. Well, actually, usually they always cause more problems. So the obvious problem is that um, you don't know exactly what's in that vaccine, first of all. And you do not know how it is made, and you do not know what effect it might have on your body. And even if it was made with the best intentions and in the best way possible, people might react to vaccines in incredibly unpredictable ways, and their bodies simply might become severely weakened by it. And that's not just a small percentage of the population. A small percentage of the population would, will suffer adverse effects, some of them horrible, some of them mild. But the fact that people's immune systems will be weakened is a huge deal, especially considering the following fact. They're going to administer it to children, young children and newborn babies. Well, fun fact for you. When a child is born, he basically has no immune system. It's, it, it exists within him, but it hasn't been activated. It needs to be kick-started somehow. That's how everybody works, really. So the moment when he comes out of the womb, um, basically um, he's kept in, in a state which is devoid of... Uh, germs and uh, bacteria and microbes simply because, you know, his immunity would not be able to deal with it. That's why uh, those are um, really crucial moments when we have to be extra cautious. But slowly the immunity is kickstarted. The moment when some sort of uh, bacteria and microbes are introduced, and that kickstarts the immune system. 
So another fun fact. Did you know that one handful of earth contains more life within it than the rest of the galaxy? There's literally billions and billions of microbes and bacteria in one handful of earth. And that dirt is what allows people to develop strong immune systems. Strong immunity is based on how much exposure you have to such things, to bacteria, to microbes and to things. Because it's like a football team. It's like any sport. You want your football team to grow and to become better? Well, they have to have experience. They have to play against others. They have to compete. They have to work hard. And they have to be challenged. And the more challenged they are, and the more experience they have, and the harder they work, the stronger they become. Of course, there are other matters related to diet and healthy living and breathing in clean air and using clean water and all such things that we are also um, facing and have been facing for better part of a hundred years. But yes, we need exposure to such things. So when you get the vaccine and you will vaccinate newborn babies and young children whose immunity is not even close to fully developed. Well, how much will that weaken them, really? And what will happen to them in the future when they start developing diseases when they're 10, 15 or 20 years old that they should not have or they should not have, should not have to deal with until they're 60, 70 or 80 because their immunities are so severely weakened, they're decrepit. that they cannot deal with any such things. They cannot deal with even the mildest, mildest of diseases. And that is a scary, scary thought. Because once the population is in that state, then what will happen to them? How will they be able to live their life peacefully without fear and anxiety? And living in fear and anxiety has always shown us that does not permit people to make the wisest decisions. And they will accept anything just to make sure that they are protected. Because life is precious, no matter how fragile. And we all know this innately, intrinsically, within ourselves. We don't need anybody to prove that. It's instinctive. So imagine your children. Imagine yourselves. Imagine the old people whose immune systems are already weakened. But those they might benefit from this, of course, because they might not, not be able to um, live until the next big disease. Or they might, but anyway, they would benefit from this because they are at, at, there is such a great risk of them perhaps dying from um, such uh, diseases. But except for, for them, 
we need to do the right thing for ourselves and make sure that we're not just looking at it short term. We're not just looking at it at the now and here and the now, but we're looking at what's going to happen um, in, in the future, near future and for far future. Because this could spell the end of humanity as we know it. Well, just consider the fact that you pass on your genes to your children. So once your um, immune system has been weakened, over time that becomes engraved into your genes, really, to some degree. And the next generation will, will have an even weaker set of genes and less immunity. And the one after that, who's, who are, are getting these vaccines ever since they are born, are going to have whew, about five times less immunity. In. And that, again, will also be engraved into your genes. And as you pass it on from one generation to the next, well, just you don't even have to do the math. Just visualize it for a second and you will see where this is all heading. In about five generations, we'll all have to live in sterile bubbles. Because otherwise, if we even breathed in the air, uh, the unfiltered air, we'd die. With a matter of days. So, who's going to rule the world then? Those who are immune to such diseases and who are untouched by such problems. They might be blessed or they might have just made the right choice and they might have forced everyone else to make the wrong choice. Again, we're not going to get into that very much. I'm going to leave that to your imaginations and to your own perceptions. You can take it wherever you wish. But just know that it's there. Vaccines. They're, they're the easy way out. And I think everybody within themselves knows where the easy way out leads you. And it leads you to many places. But never has it led anyone to anything worth having. We need to start thinking long term as well. We need to start looking at things and what's going to happen. Why would you weaken and infect your children and yourself in such a way by using those things you don't even know what's in them you even if somebody told it to you would not be able to understand it and would you be able to would you believe them and then you would have to live with the anxiety of knowing that you've allowed somebody to put up some unknown thing in your body and hope that it will keep you safe We need to rely more on ourselves.
and our own strength, our own unique abilities, our individuality, and our interconnectedness with each other. And stop accepting what we are being told, stop accepting that we do not have means or we do not have the power, stop accepting the restrictions and those uh, all the things that are imposed on us by people who, through one way or another, have come to be in a position where they can tell us, supposedly, what to do. And we know how a lot of them get there. This is just another way that is used to, not just to manipulate us, but to pit us against each other and to keep us worried and afraid and um, to make us cower and not think and not see any other way out. But we simply need to start saying no. No, we, I will not do something that I know within my heart is not right. I will not do this simply because um, the entire entire society is um, so um, advertised, really, because that's what it is, really, um, that uh, it says there is no other way, simply because I know that is not true, and that is not the way things ought to be. Because the more we accept these things and we are cynical and practical and we lack any sort of values or character, honor, as they used to put it a few hundred years ago, and integrity, the more we do that, the more we're heading in directions where our lack of honor and integrity will lead to our utter downfall and suffering. Have you noticed um, what kind of people um, have retained their jobs in this period and are still working? Most of them. Have you noticed that um, new technologies are being uh, implemented in this period and money is invested into it despite the fact that we do not need them? Um, have you noticed that uh, the jobs the people who have not lost their jobs usually have more menial jobs that do not require them to do much mental work and do not require them to have too much of an education. Let's look around. Let's look around and see what is really happening and see where this is taking us. And 
what we need to do is up to you. You can make up your own mind whether or not um, this is real. You can make up your own mind whether or not this is necessary. And you can make up your own mind whether or not we will take advantage of this opportunity and reconnect with the things that truly matter in life and become more in touch with ourselves and with nature and with the world. And we will take this opportunity to um, learn about ourselves and to learn about the world and um, to raise our level of understanding of consciousness, our consciousness. From the very beginning of this, uh, of these restrictions, I've been encouraging people to be creative in their lockdowns and to use their time wisely and to be constructive, really. Um, and despite the fact that I haven't managed to be great at that myself, I kept encouraging people um, because I feel like this is the thing that we need to do. Um, look on the bright side of things, really, and try to take this time to do the things that we've wanted to do and that we, we never really had the opportunities to do before. That's why it's about inner search, inner development and raising our awareness and understanding. So one of the bright sides that uh, is, has, has been uh, apparent from the very beginning of this lockdown and has been uh, flaunted really in our faces um, by mainstream media um, has been the resurgence of nature uh, due to this and how the pollution levels have gone down and um, a lot of... Uh, uh, different uh, species of uh, fish and mammals uh, can be now seen again in the wild and a lot of different things like this and obviously this can teach us a lot about our effect on the world and we can now actually see it change before our very eyes if we just open our eyes and pay attention instead of always uh, um, watching the news about the virus and living in fear so being in touch with that is obviously uh, in times of great deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. This is a quote by George Orwell, whose books we should all be reading these days. His and Huxley's books would be a great read these days, simply because um, so many of the things they said are so present in our everyday lives. And of course, we just by reading, rereading the books, we would see how many of those things have actually come to be and how we just plainly let it happen. We, we ignored it and it's, it's moved um, past us with so much ease. And we would see how the tactics that are used nowadays um, are the same that they described. The tactics that are used, the tactics that are used nowadays to um, institute this uh, totalitarian sort of state, um, are 
plainly used nowadays in uh, through this fear of the invisible enemy the coronavirus therefore i'm here to urge people to um do their own research and make up their own mind and uh, perhaps listen um, to the truth, to the speakers of truth, the soothsayers of the world. And uh, they are obviously unadvertised these days, most of them. But um, and there's plenty of them, really. They're just uh, their uh, their speeches are being covered up. A lot of the time but you can still find them and uh, the ones that are easiest to find are um, um, Brian Rose's interviews on London Real with uh, um, David Icke for example um, and uh, also I've just uh, found a really good one by Dr. Shiva um, his he's uh, um, running in America for senator for senate yes he's running in america for senate um so um, of course do your own research and um try as much as you can to make up your own mind about this but know that there are people out there who are who are trying to tell the truth and there are people out there who are fighting the good fight and we need to uh join them if we want uh, to maintain our freedoms, if we want to um, make the make the most out of this opportunity, instead of letting others take con complete control of us, then we need to do something about this. Isn't it enough that over ninety five percent of the wealth of the world is controlled by the one two percent of the world? Are we going to let them institute um, such draconian and totalitarian uh, uh, regimes just because there's this invisible enemy that we're all afraid of? We need to do something about this. We need to stop sitting on our asses and we need to start going back to our normal lives in one way or another and not allowing them and being interested in what's happening instead of uh, being just um, a blind ignorant uh, spoke in the wheel we need to be um, interacting with the whole system and we need to understand why these things are happening and what is happening at the moment and what is what is going on with the uh, with the 5g technology um what is going on um with why are they putting up this 5g technology all over the world um while uh, this is going on is this um essential work at this point and why why is it essential um, why is it that uh, people who are trying to speak the truth are being banned from youtube from um but mostly by big corporations who are doing their best to to ban them um what is going on um with uh, these uh, these people who are who are taking such measures and that are so 
counterintuitive in the sense of uh, they would obviously not help anything how can how can it be helpful that we're gonna we will spend months in the house we will just be weaker so many of us are gonna lose our livelihoods and our jobs and the world will be in such a state that there will be no way for us to uh, carry on with our lives the way um, we did before there will be absolutely no way because there will be no economy left that we will just be totally dependent and we will be subservient to the government and who runs the government i think we've all known for at least 50 years that corporations do we need to start taking um the fight to them we need to start taking measures and thinking about what the future is going to bring and not allowing them to we need to stop allowing them to do whatever they want simply because they keep us in fear there is nothing to be afraid of the only thing to fear is fear itself and even that should not be feared because you know that you can you are better than it and you can overcome it a means of great learning and healing at the same time it's a wonderful opportunity really for us to um, come to terms with our lives and see them um, as they truly are and move closer to uh, what i was referring to in the previous episodes as uh, um, the ultimate reality and uh, try to uh, come to um, see the world uh, through our eyes and not through the distorted reflections that uh, uh, society um, has in place for us really so let's go back to the very basic of how this whole um, coronavirus started um, it's um, it's believed uh, with uh, a great with a high level of certainty that it started in um, uh, the wet markets of Wuhan in China um, which seems very likely when you have uh, uh, hundreds of different species of animals that uh, uh, do not live in the same environment uh, naturally uh, living in absolute squalor and in cages afraid for their lives uh, and uh, uh, being uh, totally mistreated really but in any case being there in the same closed environment and um, sharing uh, microbes and germs and all that it's obviously a breeding ground for diseases because these uh, animals do not have um, immunity to each other's diseases because simply because they do not uh, uh, coexist in the same kind of environment um, so that's absolutely natural but if we think back um, not only about um, th think back not only on how coronavirus started but every other plague in the world in history you will see that they uh, all come um, due to some um, uh, hygiene some issues related to hygiene um, or due to of course uh, animals um, who um, are forced generally speaking to live um, in the same environment with humans so if we if if we do any sort of research on that and it only it's only a superficial kind of research you will see that every plague was basically caused by bad hygiene or interaction with animals 
at the end of the day. But what kind of interaction with animals are we talking about? We're talking about um, an interaction which is not um, natural. It's not an interaction that uh, um, is fleeting, but is one in which uh, humans and animals are forced to coexist in the same environment, and uh, one usually oppresses the other. And uh, then it should come as no surprise that uh, these things happen. It would be uh, karma. As if you want to put it, it's uh, uh, the natural causality of things, really. At the end of the day, um, some people might call it this, uh, might call it revenge, but revenge in this case would only be uh, karma, really. It's uh, the interaction of things and the causality of all things within the nature, within the world, in cosmos in general. Um, so, if you think. Uh, about the coronavirus and those wet markets well you have both aspects there really poor hygiene along with um, in this interaction of animals that should not be in the same um, in the same place and uh, who are being oppressed by humans so again this should come as no surprise that uh, this has happened and um, a lot of people have been claiming that the way to deal with this, of course, is to um, make sure that uh, these wet markets are closed down and uh, this uh, stops uh, um, going on and uh, therefore we will be safer. But I think we've all learned and we all understand from our life experience that when you when you uh, shut down one thing, another one takes its place. And when you defeat one evil, uh, another one takes its place. And it's usually a greater one because you are now um, more experienced. You are, um, you are greater, you are stronger. So you are capable of dealing with something and you give birth to something that is worse than before. And that's um, also due to this system that we are always implementing of finding solutions to problems instead of um, simply removing the problem or um, making sure that there is no reason for problems to occur. So at the end of the day, wet markets are of course a bad idea, but what we need to do here is to understand that there will always be something like that unless we change the way we see things. So that's why this is a wonderful opportunity for us to gain um, a greater understanding um, of who we are and, our, uh, and how the world and the entire universe works and uh, our place within nature. Because once you come to the understanding and you see um, within yourself and um, in your own way that we are all um, affecting each other every living moment and and there is this um, limitless interconnectedness between all things in nature in the world in the universe in the entire cosmos then um, oppressing an animal and killing it and exploiting the land and uh, um, making not giving anything back, not treating it uh, um, with respect, so to speak, not treating it well enough, or the resources out of it. So um, that is not the best idea, really, because um, 
since all things are interconnected, these things will, of course, always come back to you. There is no other way for things to go down. There is absolutely um, um, no uh, way for you to break that chain and that link unless you somehow create a different universe that operates under different rules. Uh, because these are the underlying principles of the entire universe. So you cannot really change this. Um, especially not from this uh, uh, material, not in this material experience that you are having now. So once we understand that uh, it's all about this interconnectedness, hurting others and oppressing animals and uh, exploiting the land and making it so that um, so that the soil is uh, devoid of any nutrition um, would would um, mean that you are basically doing that to yourself um, it's the same thing as um, making sure that your body has none of the nutrients that it needs and therefore it cannot do all the physical things that it needs to do or it can do them um, in a severely um, handicapped way so to speak um, and oppressing animals is like oppressing yourself really and doing all these things so once we understand all these things and that all things within the universe are, are affecting um, all the other things and we are all connected to each other and to every every living thing in um, in the universe really uh, including plant life then um, it would be absolutely absurd for us to behave in this way so we would have uh, no reason to worry about this sort of behavior and there would be no problems um, that we would need to solve simply because there would be no need for any such problems once we start to live in harmony with nature and we understand the underlying principles of the universe and this is this is the opportunity that we've got right now this this is the opportunity um, for us to look at these things and see um, or observe the, um, un the underlying and uh, omnipresent causality of all things in the universe and see how um, our choices have brought us here and we, uh, we've uh, basically uh, done this to ourselves and uh, if anybody is uh, uh, still negating that in any way well that's just uh, being pig-headed and uh, uh, in as close-minded as one can get it's uh, it's absolutely obvious uh, that we need to find a way to be in um, better harmony with uh, the entire world that surrounds us and um, not pollute it and destroy it and uh, continue to um, exploit it uh, for our gain or apparent gain because in the at the end of the day we're just hurting ourselves but at the same time this is also um, a period of healing um, same as the planet is taking its uh, time to heal itself we should do the same and uh, we can 
focus on um, spiritual healing um, since uh, obviously we are not we are not in touch with our spiritual selves and we are not in touch um, with the uh, the spiritual part of the universe in any case that is why we cannot really um, sense this interconnectedness so easily and this is the time for us to do some some spiritual healing and uh, along with that um, the um, a sense of ease and well-being and peace will come and we will be, um, we'll have an easier time uh, connecting to to the universe and connecting to everything that is around us. And we will not uh, need to um, do all. We will not feel the need to do all the things that uh, are entrapping us uh, day by day by day. That's why this is a great opportunity. That's why this is a great opportunity in so many ways. Um, and it's a much better choice than um, uh, deciding that uh, you're just going to be under stress all the time. Uh, because like I said before, since everything is interconnected, uh, everything moves in these uh, uh, cycles um, in in the universe, really. and it go it's it's the same thing um it applies whether it, we're talking about positive or negative things because once you are uh, under constant stress the body releases more and more cortisol which uh, in turn um, feeds off um, nutrients in the body and uh, it uh, basically takes away um, a lot of the vitamins and minerals that are necessary for your body to be healthy and in in turn you become uh, more prone to disease and weaker and weaker and once your body is uh, is weakened then the mind is uh, is affected by it as well and so is the spirit because um, the spirit relies on the body um, the body is uh, the in is the encasement of the spirit and once the uh, the body is uh, ill then the spirit uh, is also affected by it we have a chance now and an opportunity to um, go beyond what we normally do um, and to uh, make choices that uh, can lead to a much brighter and greater and a future one where life brings ease and peace and uh, understanding and which is in harmony with all things and in which we would not be chasing delusions and hollow dreams all the time but would simply uh, live our lives uh, peacefully and happily in harmony with uh, the universe or at least in better harmony with the universe instead of being uh, dominated by greed and fear and uh, desires that uh, are delusions at the end of the day. So, what choice will we make? Since it's all up to us, really, what choice shall we make? <laughs>